Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today here in California? It's six weeks of COVID-19. I can't believe I'm even doing a countdown. We'll see how long I can keep this going. Well, I have to say, last night, I was a bit... Not surprised or amused, but I was really grateful because I feel like, again, six weeks, my families and I were getting into a rhythm. And even though I had a board meeting last night and that was the third meeting, evening meeting this week, we've been figuring out our structure and each week it's been getting better. And I felt like last night we were finally in this flow state. You know, there's been time to catch up on things. The house is clean, decluttered, the garage is decluttered and all things, not to myself, but to my husband and then my daughters who've been able to help out over the last six weeks. We had four, I think four dumpsters at our house at one point. So rooms and closets and drawers, the garage, we have a shed, all that stuff got taken care of. We had some really great functional spaces, but there were the areas, right? The laundry room, the counter that just kept collecting stuff. Anyway, so that got cleaned up. But the other thing that we've figured out each week is a new layer of structure to support our family through this time. We've figured out how to all be together in a space 24-7, essentially. We are now asking what we need. (laughs) There were a lot of blow-ups because it was like, don't you know this is happening? We're asking what we need. We're talking about, here's my schedule. What's your schedule? One of the things I need is a quiet home to record my podcast. So instead of getting up early under the assumption that everybody would still be asleep at 5 a.m. like happened a couple weeks ago, I'm now checking in ahead of time. Okay, this is the time I'm going to be recording. What time are you planning on getting up in the morning? And we work it out. Or for my kids, I have one in college and one in high school. They have their own Zoom or WebEx classes, and they're meeting with their teachers and so on and so forth. And so they're out in the common area and they're now learning how to communicate. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be starting a class at this time and I'm going to need it quiet. So we're learning how to communicate and ask for what we need. So there's some growth there and we're figuring out the flow of what's going on. Because in the past, for me at least, I knew my family all left at a certain time and I could record this show. There used to be a time when I would go into a radio station and record the show. I'd do it live and it would be recorded and then we'd create a podcast from it. That was years ago, but now I'm in the place of my family is home and I'm recording. So we're figuring out what we all need and we're learning how to ask for it. And these were things that we didn't have to do pre-COVID. The other things that we're doing is working with each other on, okay, here's what I want to do with my friends and how do we accommodate different people in different spaces? And what I mean by with friends, it's like, again, Zoom calls, FaceTime calls. We want to do stuff as a family time, regular dinner times. Those are the things that we are working on and every week we get better. A simple thing that I did last week is every week we've been making these grocery lists 
for food. And I was noticing that my kids wanted certain things, but then they started getting tired of it. They were getting fatigued of who was doing it. And that was becoming a sense of argument. And I thought, why don't we just create a Google sheet? I created a Google sheet, shared it with all of them. And I said, we can always tweak it and add it, but let's reduce the brain juice that we need to every week come up with, here's what we need to have. So what are the simple things that you can do to create more of a flow state? And when you find an improvement, you're not allowed to go back and beat yourself up. I didn't beat myself up and said, seriously, Corinne, you know, Google Sheets, you all can do Google Sheets and you're now coming up with it. I just realized over time that there was a problem that needed to be solved because every time there's a shopping excursion, there was more and more tension about who was going to do the list. And there were more tears and outcries because we are getting tired. You know, we are around each other all the time and people aren't wanting to do stuff right at times. So that was one of the things. So there's our family flow that's happening and we're not by any means doing it perfectly at all. Last night was like the first night of the six week (laughs) quarantine or shelter at home or whatever you want to call it, where I was, wow, we're really in this flow state at home. And the reason for it was I had this board meeting. My husband was gaming with his college buddies in my office and I was able to do this board meeting that I had. And then I got done and the board meeting actually was very efficient and effective. We're getting better at Zoom. And then I had some time and it was quiet and I was like, oh, I'm going to read. And it was fantastic. And I'm getting better in the habit of, you know, just the structure that we have. So in my own personal practices, I want to talk about self-care. So here's this idea of self-care. And I remember I used to hate that like self-care. That's just fluffy stuff. I'm a busy woman who has time for self-care. That was my armor that I used to put up, you know, a long time ago. And I thought self-care was about getting my nails done or my hair done. But now I realize it's so important and it's beyond the hair and the nails. Maybe for you it is. For me, that wasn't a high value for me. It can be fun to go get that and like nails done with a friend, but it's not on my list. And I'm not judging you if it's on yours. You have to figure out what it is that you love. What I know now is that self-care is really, really important. It's true what all those people have been saying. We must take care of ourselves. And I have learned to overcome my own limiting beliefs about self-care. And now I do it every day. Most days, my self-care looks like this. Journal, move, melt, read. My journal is my opportunity to get connected with my inner wisdom. I move my body to get energy through and take care of it. And then I melt, which is this thing called the melt method. We'll put a link in the show notes. And I love this. It's a foam roller and it's very restorative. And that allows me to get connected with my body. Where are the pain points? What needs to be fed? What needs to be nourished? Where are the areas of tenderness? And then I read to feed my brain. So I journal to get connected with my inner wisdom and also to clean out some of the crap that's in there before I get connected with my inner wisdom. And then I move my body to get energy through it and to take care of me. I melt to get connected with my body and nourish the areas of tenderness, ligaments, myofascia, and I read to feed my brain. When I journal, I'm listening to my inner wisdom and I'm listening to my fears. So when I first start, I get all the stuff out that may have been rumbling with and my brain may have been working with throughout the night. And then I'm able to look at it. I'm not running away. I'm not in a panic. I'm feeling all of my feelings. 
and I'm able to see what are the stories, the tragedies that my brain is really good at dress rehearsing because my brain really loves to dress rehearse tragedy. And it can be dark and doom and gloom. The great news is that when I do this in the morning, I have better capacity. I have better perspective. I have the ability to see multiple sides of something. And so it's not so doom and gloom where at night when I'm exhausted and spent and I don't have much brain juice and I'm emotionally done, I can definitely have much more doom and gloom. So this is why I like to do it in the morning. So every day, the first thing I do is journal. And I want to do a timeout there because pre-COVID, the first thing I would do is I get up and I go work out and then I come back and journal because I like to do that too. I like to move my body and just like kind of flush things out and then sit down and journal. But now that we're all home and I'm working on being respectful of their sleep and not making noise and waking up the house. So I've switched it. There's not a right or wrong. You could journal at night. I have just figured out what are the best practices for me. And then also within the space that I'm in. Nowadays, I am first journaling first thing in the morning. I declutter my brain. I connect with myself. I remind myself what I want to believe. And I remind myself what is true. Because remember, my brain likes to dress rehearse tragedy. That's our brain's job is to keep us alive. And my brain can go to the doomsdays. So this practice has saved me. It's nourished me. It's allowed me to maximize my energy during this time of COVID-19. And the truth is, it does not mean that I'm a higher being. It doesn't mean that I'm never judgmental or I don't get upset because, oh, there have been a lot of judgments over these six weeks. There's been a lot of hard moments, discomfort, frustration, anger. There's been all of it. Just frankly pissed off. The journaling has helped me move through it. It's helped me see where am I just wanting to armor up or gladiate onto myself or onto others in what's really the result that I want. By journaling, I've been able to move through these uncertain times with more grace, less self-sabotage, and more clarity. Instead of dress rehearsing tragedy and then go out and acting the tragedy, (laughs) I'm able to get it out on a piece of paper, look at it, process it, And then it gives me the space to really reflect and think about, okay, how do I want to spend my energy? Who do I want to be? And not that, again, none of it's perfect. None of it's perfect. And that's really important for you to hear because I think so often we can think, oh, I need to do it this way. And if I'm screwing up, then I'm not doing it right. No, we're going to mess up even when we show up in our lives. The journaling has helped me reduce some of that. And I still have messed up, but it's helped me. And day after day after day, it's given me such great insight. The benefit of all this is that I've been trusting myself more and I've reduced the mental drama in my life. It hasn't gone away. It's never going to all go away. But trusting myself more, it's really cool. Like I've been working on creating the next level of trust with myself and it's been really cool to do that. Again, it doesn't mean that I don't have problems or that I don't make mistakes or I don't blurt something. It doesn't mean any of that. But it's kind of like last night coming to the realization, wow, we're really in this good spot tonight. (laughs) It could all blow up today, you guys. It could all blow up today. But last night, we're in a great flow state. So while I've practiced 
this for a long time. The other interesting thing is the insight I've gained during this time of these six weeks of COVID. Writing helps me see what's inside my head. It reminds myself of what is true and choosing what I believe when I'm well rested in the morning before decision fatigue and the obstacles show up in the day. So it's allowed me to stay grounded and take care of myself when I do get depleted. And I've created this simple structure and have constraints about how much time I give myself. Remember, normally it's a 20 minutes thing that I do in the morning to ground myself. These days I've expanded to 30. And that constraint is really important because like you, I can revert back to old habits of more is better and spend too much time on journaling or not really wanting to look at what's going on and distracting myself with social media or the news. The time block of 30 minutes doesn't always have to take 30, but I like to have that space because there has been a bit more to unpack for me over these last several weeks than normal. But this time block has allowed me to stay focused on what I'm doing. So I get my responsibilities done so I can follow my schedule. So I can be proud of myself at the end of the day of like, look at what I did versus if I said, oh, I'm only going to do it for five minutes. And then it was taking 30 then I would really beat myself up. Or I have some clients who are like, Corinne, I need to do this three hours a day. I'm like, you're not allowed. I often recommend to my clients, start at 15 minutes, 15 minutes. I've developed my practice. It took me a long time to get to 15 minutes. And then now I was able to expand it to 30 and I really don't want to go beyond 30. And remember, I'm not perfect and it's been messy and I've been compassionate with myself and I continue to get better with my practice. And here's how this applies to you. You can now get the structure to support you, and especially during this time of uncertainty, because our old structure is on pause right now. I've had lots and lots of requests and demands. We now have a product available for purchase. I'm so excited. Many of you signed up on the website to receive the Mindset Workbook, and when my clients would come together for our in-person retreat, I've created this Mindset Journal, which is a take from the workbook, but it's a journal. And it's really darling and it's this nice compact thing. And they loved it. And they're like, Corinne, we want to be able to buy more. So we finally (laughs) have created a store so that you can buy them. You can order them. For those of you that live outside of the US, you can get the digital version. It's an eight and a half by 11. You can print it up and put it in a binder. And I love putting stuff in binders. I'm a big binder geek, but I love that because then I'm not losing the papers. I've tried to just print it and leave it. And then I have sheets of paper all over the place. So We have that for you, those outside of the U.S. For those inside the U.S., you have the option of buying a single journal or a three-pack. So you can go to howshereallydoesit.com and then hit the shop button and order your mindset journal. We will also put a link in the show notes as well. So this mindset journal is this process about clearing out your brain and telling your brain what to think and believe to remind yourself so you can move through and thrive during this time. Now, I want you to look at what structure do you currently have in place? We don't need to start over. You don't need to mimic everything that I talked about. We have been building on layers and layers of structure. My mindset practice, my journaling, my grounding has been something that I've been doing for a long time. And it's something that I have been fine tuning during this time. Remember, it took me time to get to a place where I first started out at five minutes and it was sporadically during the day because I was a busy person who had time for that crap. 
That's the nicer version of what was being said in my brain, by the way. And then I started to realize that, oh, I need to block it on my calendar. And actually, I didn't start to realize that. That was many years later into this journey. Because remember, I'm a slow learner and I have a lot of resistance. And I have this limiting belief of I don't have enough time. What I've come to learn is I need to make the time. If I don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. So I have to create the space for it and do it. And I love my iCal calendar because I block it off. And there have been times during COVID where maybe I didn't get to my mindset practice until seven o'clock at night. I just moved it. I didn't judge myself. And I said, oh, I'm doing the best that I can today under these circumstances. And that compassion has led me to a much more consistent, a much more supportive environment for myself, where my practice has gotten deeper and deeper. That is my invitation for you is creating a structure for you that allows you so that you can flourish, so you can flow, so you can have well-being in this difficult time that we are in. And that's something that's really important is that well-being doesn't mean, oh, you only feel the really good feelings, the feel-good feelings. So you're going to feel them all. I have felt every feeling over the past six weeks. Fortunately, the structure, the process, the things that I do helps me. And I don't like this word so much, but I'm going to use it for today because I haven't figured out a new word, but, but really regulate my emotions. It's been able to feel it and not be as reactive to them. Because honestly, there are times I still lose it, but been less reactive towards them in this time period. I want you to think about what's the structure that's working for you today. Own that, whatever the structure may be. Maybe it's making a cup of coffee and sitting there by yourself in the morning. Maybe it's your bedtime routine. Maybe it's how you sit around the table with your family. Maybe it's doing puzzles and listening to audiobooks. Whatever it is that there's a structure that works for you, my first invitation for you is for you to own that. Write it down. Be proud of that. There's nothing that is small. Whatever it is, own that. And then look at what can be improved. And I don't want you to think the whole thing. We often do that. It's like, oh, I want it to get it all fixed, take massive action. I get the massive action part, but it can be overwhelming. And especially if it triggers into a big feeling that you're a failure, you're not doing it good enough. We don't need any more shame. What we need is curiosity. We need optimism. So we want to dial up those feeling states to figure out, to explore what's the structure to support you. And one of the things that I've had to learn over this period of time is a bit more patience because when I declutter, when I clean things up, I like to get it all done you know, as quick as possible. And that way we can go back to the functional space. I don't really like clutter. And when my husband was doing our garage, which hadn't done any work, it'd just been growing and growing, growing. But when he was working on the garage and I wasn't doing it because I was working, but he was doing it and it took, I don't know how long it took, maybe 10 days. And there were times my judgy voice was like, seriously, what's taking so long? Can't you just get it done? I could feel myself get a bit anxious, right? And I was like, Corinne, he's doing it his way. It is all okay. He'll get it done. Like I had to just trust it. And now our garage is cleaned. We don't have the dumpsters anymore. And that was one space of many that he worked on. You know, the same thing happened when he cleaned out his closet, kind of overtook my bedroom for a couple of days. And I had to allow for that space and that messiness. And it wasn't easy. 
really wasn't easy because I like it to be done in the day, <laughs> nice and tidy and cleaned up. Take small steps. <laughs> Take small steps. Allow for the messiness. I always, one of the thoughts, and this is from Brene Brown, and I use it all the time, is there's beauty in the mess, Corinne. There's beauty in the mess, right? Because I need to remind myself that we will get through this and there is beauty in the mess. And that's why I love this idea of decluttering is before you can get to that serene space, there's going to be a mess, especially when you're pulling all this stuff out. It's messy and you're trying to figure out what do you have? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? You come upon old treasures that you totally forgot about. It's messy before it gets clean. And you creating a structure is going to be messy. And that's another reason to take it in small steps. I guess going back to my declutter stories, probably like 25 years ago, my husband had some vacation time and I'm like, we're going to declutter the house, the entire house, right? And I was, we're going to do it all. We're going to go big, go massive. (laughs) And we're working on it like 10 hours a day. I don't even know. It was crazy. And by like day three, I was so over it. I'm like, I can't do anymore. And I fried and died and, you know, it's kind of whatever got put back and the shame that stuck with me for so long. So one of the things that I've learned from that is instead of doing the whole house, do a space. And Peter Walsh taught me this on the show. If you want to listen to Peter Walsh interviews, there's like five or six of them. Go to the howshereallydoesit.com and go into the search and you can find Peter Walsh interviews. But one of the key concepts that he taught me that I've really embraced is he would say, Corinne. One of the things to ask yourself is what is the vision you have for this space? And then two, if you have 10 minutes, what can you do with this drawer? What can you do with this one space? I would think if I started on one thing, I had to get it all done. And then it was overwhelming because who has time to do a whole kitchen or a whole bedroom or a whole garage or the whole house? And instead, what I've learned is this, the small things over time, right? The drawer, a bookshelf. So the other night we were cleaning up after dinner, one of our drawers we had our pots and pans. It was filthy in there. And so I just pulled out all the pots and pans. I wiped it down. I cleaned it up, put it away. It was so nice. I didn't have to clean every drawer. I didn't have to clean everything. I got taken care of one drawer. As you create structure for what is working for you, work on it one drawer at a time. And then over time, you're going to notice, wow, look at all these changes. And it's much more sustainable because you're making one change at a time instead of trying to make all the changes and be totally exhausted because you can't remember it all. So if we're using my house as the metaphor, we don't want to clean my whole house in three days or a week because that's not sustainable. It's been a process of, I think it was about four or five weeks And there's still like one closet that I need to go through and clean out, but I've given myself permission that that will happen. But the rest of my house has happened, but it's taken probably four or five weeks to do that. Actually, the dumpster just left. So I guess it's been about almost six weeks of time. Give yourself space to do your own structure in the form of like what I was talking about, decluttering. Take small steps. Don't expect a one and done or a big, massive movement. And as you're doing this, ask yourself, what do you need? What do you need? How can you support you? And I think that's really important. Sometimes we go, oh, well, I need my family to do this, or I need them to do that. What do you need? And how can you support you? While I've asked my family for quiet time to record or finding out what time they're going to get up in the morning so I can have that space, I ask myself every day, what do I need? 
Sometimes what I need is to feel. Sometimes what I need is to cry. And there's a cleansing in the crying. What do I need? Sometimes I needed to go to bed and not be with my family because I was done. There was no more capacity. I didn't even want to watch television. I just needed time by myself. What do you need? Ask yourself, what do you need? And then do one thing and build your structure that you need to support you, which also will benefit. Because if you support you and take care of you, you're going to have less blowing up, (laughs) less emotional offloading to those that you love as we're contained in this environment together. My friend, I am smiling big for you. Give yourself grace. Be curious. Be optimistic. Feel your feelings. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay if it's messy along the way. And you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn of what's the structure you need. What are you learning what are you learning about yourself? And sometimes this is another important aspect is the structure that we have may have needed in the past. Well, one, we're in a different circumstance now with COVID-19. And two is sometimes we don't need those things that we once did. And notice that and sometimes we can get stuck in, but this is what I've done for the last 20 years. And that may be the case. Does it still work for you? Be curious. And there's no right or wrong answers, my friend. All right. I'm excited for you. I'm optimistic for you and I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life. Because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so 